I'm curious how that, that is something. Oh, there's the first pop in the background. Y'all might start hearing this on the, on the podcast if you're listening to it later. And if you do, then you just know that it was an authentic fourth round here. Um, <laughs> I, I, am, I am curious though. It's a good point. You know, like how, how that program Sim, itself will be structured. Sim, wait, wait, Sim. who are you hiding in your basement? I don't have a basement. Is this your dark side you're talking about? No. Hmm? Are you finally coming out to the truth? Hmm? (laughs) The representatives had been chosen. The encampment had been established. Every Pathfinder had a role to play. They each excelled in their craft. Some were alchemists and blacksmiths, while others were healers and traders. As the Pathfinder's companions broke camp, continued on, they looked back with a sense of pride and the knowledge that this was their humble beginning. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Simorg, and I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, let's welcome back everybody's favorite cozy social bunny, <laughs> Faisal. <laughs> Greetings. Uh, also, we have a guest today. Welcome in, Mazriel. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, glad to have you, man. So uh, in typical format, we're going to have you introduce yourself shortly. Tell us your Ashes mm-hmm. origin story. But first, before we dig in too far, I want to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at, that's right, asheshq.com the community curated website for all things ashes of creation also a big shout out to all the imperial flames those are the supporters here on twitch youtube patreon and all the places you can support this podcast and all the content here um thank you for keeping this community's flames burning brighter bolstered week after week my friends yo we are we are within a week now we are within one week of the no NDA dropping. And a lot of people are going to be like, yo, do we really think that's actually going to happen? Well, you know what? We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but I do have to say happy 4th of July, gentlemen, and everybody here for the show, everybody who tunes in later, happy 4th, everybody. It is the 4th of July and we're here. Cause what do we do? Anybody stay the course. We work it out. Yeah. Stay the course. Yeah. We stay the course, man. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Come hell or high water, man. Knock on wood. Something's mm. got to take out the possibility of this happening for us to not be doing it. And here we are, as usual, on the 4th of July. I, I'm actually really shocked that I don't hear anything popping off yet, but maybe as we get further into the show, it'll happen. It's not quite dark here yet, so probably later on. But happy 4th, everybody. Um, yeah, I do have to say... Um, Ashes HQ is coming along real nicely. And I got to give a shout out to Linris and Snoopy Loops who have been helping here over the past week or so. Uh, they've been helping me to kind of fast track getting a few pages completed the first initial iteration of information. Um, as we kind of like start to go back and integrate new features into the site, we've kind of gone through an overhaul. We started the website last year and had a lot of a struggle getting things together and kind of getting getting the pieces in place and kind of getting things running smoothly. But right now we're in a super good place. If you haven't checked out the HQ, 
definitely go do it and uh, give me some feedback uh, in the uh, Discord, friends. Um, yeah, but with that being said, uh, Mazriel, why don't you tell everybody your Ashes origin story? Like what, how you found out about Ashes, why you're excited about it, and just generally kind of what your plans are uh, with Ashes or the community. Yeah, so uh, Ashes first crossed my radar back in... Uh... Well, I guess back when it first had the Kickstarter, because I'm, I'm I've been an MMO player since like Gaia on Gaia Ultima Online, mm -hmm. um, a long time, and I I I didn't actually back the Kickstarter. I wasn't a super early adopter. It, it took up until Peon's like the Peon video for it mm -hmm. to come back across my my feed and for me to like dive in because uh, I, it, it's nothing against like Intrepid itself. There's there was some legitimately like valid red flags especially during the kickstarter phase and i was like nah nah no way this is gonna happen but i'm i'm, I'm happy that it looks like i'm getting proven more and more wrong with each passing day uh <laughs> went ahead and uh threw down the 500 dollars for the a1 so I've, I've enjoyed the testing i sadly had to miss the last two so i don't know how smooth everything is since they they hopefully fixed everything mm -hmm. but yeah that's that that's pretty much it now now i try to make content for it Mm -hmm. So that's been a lot of fun and kept me nice. busy. Mm -hmm. Nice. Outstanding. Yeah. So, uh, last test was, uh, I didn't get to participate in the last one either. Uh, we actually do another podcast called the LFM podcast. We're looking for more. And we had a podcast on that day. Um, but it looked like there were some really positive, um, reflections on that test. It, it looks like the things that they wanted to resolve, got resolved and we'll, we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but yeah, you know, I think more and more early on, you know, rubber banding is kind of one of those things I just expect with a game in that place. Uh, it's just part of the deal. Um, and, and, you know, the more important thing for me, I think is just like seeing progress from iteration, mm -hmm. iteration, test to test and seeing some fluidity and like ease and transition from one thing to the next. And, Compared to the old days, it's definitely they're definitely getting there. But uh, I think healthy skepticism when you're when you're following a game in development, it's absolutely important and vital. And, you know, it's, you know, kind of the the healthy balance, I think, to personal experience with the genre. If you've had any uh, concerns about the game's potential, whatever, whatever that might be, I think healthy skepticism is very important, um, especially in a game's development when you got something that's in, uh, you know, uh, the transparency level that they've got with this open development as they call it and they are accepting a feedback and can be very beneficial to be able to have that in place for sure um mm -hmm. yeah good to see some of the homies here in chat you know welcome in everybody you know this is like one of those days you do you do a massive holiday um like the fourth of july where a lot of a lot of people in the u.s are probably celebrating you just never know but we got a nice turnout here today y'all hammers and chat friends mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. outstanding Yo, we've um I've been hearing celebrations since Friday. I, I live in Texas for the explosions have just been nonstop since Friday. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Oklahoma, man. It's been like I think the past two days specifically. Yesterday we had um right outside the house, actually, there was like apparently like an airplane show sort of going on. And there were like these airplanes just doing these circles right over the house, right? And they kept coming by, and I was like, damn, that's loud. There was like three of these older, older planes, you know, propeller planes like flying over. Then you had another one, a fourth one that was flying solo, and it had like a trail behind it. And it was like pretty cool, man. I went out there and snapped some uh, videos and everything. I probably ought to throw them in the Discord later, but it was pretty cool, man. I had some fireworks popping off last night specifically. 
Um, there was a bunch of them. People were popping them off tonight. It's going to be the big one though. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm definitely planning on jumping out there and, and kind of taking a look at everything, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so let's dig into the, the last, the last, um, the last live stream. We've got the last live stream to reflect on. We've got Margaret was here last week, obviously talked about the content creator program a little bit, her time around in intrepid. Um, and then, you know, we've got some discussion we're going to have around, uh, just, you know, we're going into no NDA and, and what our perspective is on that. And so far it's looking good. We'll talk about why that is, um, big takeaways from the last live stream from intrepid. Y'all have any big takeaways for you? Things that really stood out. Well, definitely the progress for sure. Um, you know, in terms of the testing and I'm really looking forward to the combat revamp. They had a few things they showcased there and that was really nice to see um, that they were kind of working mm-hmm. through and then achieve like that major backend revamp for the combat mode. So, you know, that and I would say visually what stands out to me and I keep looking at and looking at again is how badass that still sold plate looks, man. I'm just, I'm loving it. But, uh, but yeah, good stuff. Nice. Um, I, I always love the attention to detail that they usually give, uh, and when making their, um, resources, like everything that's, um, like yeah. you're able to buy in a house from the new armor sets to everything. They keep updating us with, um, some iterations that will happen and they always listen to the community and they change the armor if it needs to be changed. So I, I like to see that a lot. I like they released the ice armor, was it? Yeah, yeah. still so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it looks really nice. I like it. That's sick. I'm trying to remember too, didn't we actually have a dev uh update recently that we didn't talk about last time too? I'm just I'm just now remembering that I think we did, didn't we? I'm looking. I gotta look. I think so. I think so too. I think we actually forgot to talk about that one last time as well. Don't worry about me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go skim the ashes, uh, ashes uh, website while we're doing this. I can totally multitask, <laughs> right? Can you tell? So they talked a little bit. They had the um, uh, passive showcase. You remember that? Yeah, it looked. I remember a lot of uh-huh. a lot of people made videos on the passive. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. Like, oh, we got to scrap everybody cover real quick. And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, like we got a bazillion people, man. I'm telling you, cover it. It's like every scrap we get now. I think what's going to be interesting, though, is to see, like, comparatively how those actually help, you know, with um, with combat versus it just being like a stat that's just there and just kind of bolstering things. So I think I think I got in on one test since the passes were introduced. And uh, yeah, it was definitely, I felt like everybody was a bit tankier, at least from my perspective. Everybody seemed like they had a little, the, the fights had more longevity to them. Um, and I think that that was probably as a result of the passives. Like it just seemed like it took people a little longer to die. And now, you know, I think a lot of people were also reflecting that they wanted to see passives that, you know, were more meaningful. But of course, I think what's really important is like, it's, we're not even into a full alpha one yet and already kind of tinkering with this to me that's my silver lining is that that's something they're already trying to tinker with right now um 
but yeah, I don't know if you all have any real, real reflections on the passives at all, or even maybe things that you like to see a bit different in that regard. I mean, it's as, as I'm testing it, it's very too early to say since they recently mm-hmm. added it, <laughs> like, uh, it's like with the, with the passives, they did feel like it made everything feel a lot more tankier than they look. If that makes sense. Like uh, before passives, I would die uh, in a matter of seconds. Now after passives, yeah. I would die in a matter of uh, minutes. Yeah. Like I would take a beating before I die as a mage that is not, not as a tank. Yeah, that's fair. So... It's you know, still pretty early. Yeah, I, I agree. It's pretty early. I mean, it's good that they're introducing it now so that they have more time to test and balance it for sure. Mm-hmm. Just play that out. I think that's to me like the big takeaway from that. I do like to have um in like a PvP situation a little like higher threshold for time to kill. Like those, you know, one-shot mechanics you see in those other MMOs that will remain nameless. It's it's not fun uh, because you just you don't have a chance to really react and have it be more strategic. So that's I would say my major takeaway. And I agree with Grumpy Guy in chat. Yeah, definitely bring out the fighter, man. I'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the the main thing is like seeing them more adapted or more uh, tapered, not tapered. Uh, um, anyway, uh, more in alignment with the actual archetype, like so that they actually feel like they synergize more with the specific archetype. Um, I think that's, I think long-term we're probably going to see that, but I think right now having stats in there at all, is pretty cool. I definitely agree. The fight's definitely carried on, but um, you know, it was another thing I was surprised to see was we talked about not too long ago is that they integrated, these guild passives in already. So you're putting points into those too. I mean, from my perspective, when you talk combat, like getting to a point where you're starting to play with these earlier, sooner than later, if you can get to that, it's just, it's just for me, it's a big positive because if we're already working on those elements this early, it gives me a lot of hope for the combat system. Say what you want about the the toggling for action versus tab and, and what they're going for. We know that that's not the ultimate goal. We know the ultimate goal is that some skills work more action, some work more tab. Um, and you have the flexibility to choose the, the way your combat style is actually going to work out. Now, this is something we're going to talk a lot more next week, for sure. We're going to definitely talk more on combat. Got somebody coming on who's who's going to, you know, that's a big point of theirs is to talk about the combat. And they're more of an Elder Scrolls person, but we'll chat a little bit more about that later. But um, they did show on the last live stream as well, like the red reticle, like on hover, which is something else they've kind of changed. Mm-hmm. The cover doesn't you know the color itself doesn't really make a whole lot i mean it doesn't mean a lot to a lot of us um for me it actually does because if you noticed in that like live stream <laughs> excuse me he was running around Stephen was and he hovered on something and the reticle turned red and he went and was going about his business and it was still red so clearly it was bugged out i think um now that's one of those features. I, I think I think it wasn't bugged out. It's just that the hitboxes are huge. It could have, it could have been that too, and which totally because goes I, in in the last test that I was playing in, um, like we we had a bug where we weren't touching um, tap targeting at all, and we were I think we were testing mm-hmm. more of action combat uh, action combat 
And when I was using the wand and trying to target, like, let's say one enemy in between a group of allies, mm-hmm. I couldn't get my, uh, what's it called, hitbox to hit that one enemy, even though he's straight in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's just huge. Hitboxes are huge. <laughs> yeah, that was actually the, at the, least, the that, was a, that was the secondary point I was going to make too. Is like you know it's important to see if you're integrating something like that because if it stays red and you go and you deviate away and you're like depending on a, a few things, right? Like how close is the target? How big is the hitbox? Mm-hmm. Am I you know what I mean? Is it because of proximity? Is it because whatever it is? If the hitbox is the the issue and it's not a bug, then having specifically the indicator being there actually helps to show people what they don't see right now, which is if it's flipping on, you're on the hitbox. If it's not, then you're not. And so if you look at the reticle and you're on your target, like in something like action combat, you want to, you know, let's say you've got like a creature that's the same size as you, that's about 10 meters out and you go and you're getting close to it. If it turns red before you're even on it, that doesn't feel very accurate. You know what yeah. I mean? So to have have that indicator flip so you can actually see that gives you some acknowledgement of like whether or not you're actually on it or not. And if that's not accurate, then that's something you can report. If you can report it, that gives them something to fix. And that's to me a big deal because right right now, like previous to this, you couldn't tell. And so I would like be in action combat and I'd be like shooting at it, just like the hell is going on, dude. It's like totally not hitting anywhere near it. Um, so that was super solid to see. One thing I would say would be good, you know, obviously, personally, I'm not colorblind, but I think having some colorblind options with that, I mean, I'm I'm expecting they're thinking about that would be good. Yeah, they will be. Um, Steven is red, green, colorblind. Yep. And they, they've talked about my my next video is all accessibility. So I dove deep into that. So, yeah, yeah they've already talked about awesome. colorblindness uh, two or three times already. And they. uh, yeah, uh, the, the accessibility options are coming, but I, I wouldn't expect much of that until I think maybe the middle of A2. Yeah, I would um, say so. I mean, I'm glad to see that they're thinking about that. I know they had mentioned it a few times, but like some options as well would be just even like um, when you're on target, just having like a different icon show up too. That's another way to look at it where, you know, you don't necessarily deal with color, you have a shape. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I could well. see it where like a little dot just turns into a triangle or something like that. that oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. great idea. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would, I would love to see those things, and I know um, they're working on those and thinking about those. But yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. cool that they're again just really experimenting, really starting to test some of this stuff. I mean, agreed. Um, I don't know. I guess I, me personally, as good as I am at skill shots, I like the bigger hitbots. Just kidding. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's good that they're kind of working these things out now and, uh, and, uh, being able to kind of, you know, figure those things out. It's always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see a comment in chat from Emerson saying passives are kind of blind. I'd like to see more class specific passives and interact with the abilities. Granted, this is early iteration. I think that's a, that's a big point for me too, is more interaction with passives with active abilities. Uh, specific to class, he, he, yeah. He he fixed his mistake. He didn't mean blind. He meant bland. Oh my gosh! Oh, Faisal <laughs> jokes, Faisal joke. What? No, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm not kidding. No, That's I know. Literally, what he said. I, I <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh, let's uh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah. I 
I'm I'm just gonna wait and see how they iterate on the passives. It, it's even in other games, it, it, passives are super hard to do really well. You you want them to be impactful, but you don't want them to be like the game. Like people like going all the way back to classic WoW, people kept going like, I want yeah. I want my trees again. It's like it's like eighty percent passives. Who cares? So I'm 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 just gonna kind of wait and see how how they iterate on that uh, as, as we keep seeing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a huge, like, m you know, meta issue. Right. And that's something they definitely have talked about. Hey, we mm -hmm. don't want there to always be a meta, but that's an easy trap to fall into. It's like, you've yeah. got a certain set of abilities that, Oh, I remember classic. Wow. And it's like, okay, if you're a priest, you have to be a dwarf because it has. Theory. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this those kind of things I think were really, um, really good. Yeah, and, and so because of all the different ways to to gain passives and augments and stuff, like I'm not against it if, if that's the direction they want to go. But we we do run the risk of going like full path of exile, yeah, where it's less of a tree and just this massive web of nonsense. Like mm. they're impactful for sure, but like, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, what do you, what do you do when you're faced with that? Yeah, lot to balance too. PhD to, to theory craft. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the balance too. Is like you, you want enough mm -hmm. for it to be meaningful, but you don't want it to be so excessive that like the work for the developers to maintain balance on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, rock paper scissors in classes is one thing, but when you when you start to get into that, like, cause then you, I also think you've got this other dynamic of like the Elder Scrolls Online. Don't get me wrong, I like it, but the problem is, is like they launched with all these. I mean, even at launch, you had all these skill trees, dude. They they weren't. I mean, it was like some of it's. There's so many of them. I feel like from my perspective, a reason that so many of them just aren't really utilized that much is because it's a lot for them to balance. They, I feel like in some regard, they kind of have to pick what they choose to balance when they choose to balance it. And then they kind of cycle through, man, you got skills that just don't get any love. Like it was ages until a mag temp magic of Templar really could like perform in like a melee scenario. I mean, it was years. It was up until like a year ago or something which mm -hmm. it was great, but it was then super overkill too. So you kind of want to avoid those types of things happening because then when you think about a person's choice, like the role they play, like name episode, right? The role that they play, they want to be a tank and they want to be a specific archetype. They want to feel like they're still useful and important and use and utilized and not like that class that people are like, oh, well, it's not strong right now. So we don't, we don't want it. So you got that power creep potentially you got to be cautious about in more than one uh, area and, augmentation is certainly one of them so the augmentation mm -hmm. system is going to be super vital to just all around how the combat system functions man super super important um i've got another few points here related to the uh, live stream i don't want super chat about the i don't want to break every part of it down but um they did show some environment art i'm afraid today i didn't have that on hand but i mean I mean, it was another great, you know, showcase of here are our concept art pieces that we had, which are like this more like sort of tropical waterfalls and like, uh, look, you know, looking very much like a coastal node sort of like layout. Then we got the footage of it like last. I'm like, dude, I mean, when the concept art and the in game version are that close, you're just kind of in awe sometimes, or at least I am. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, I, I do get the feeling that Ashes, like Intrepid, might be in in very much in need of like a vacation. <laughs> they keep showing us tropical content. <laughs> yeah, I think I've, we've seen tropical content like 
for the yeah. past few months now. Like, y'all need to like yeah. just take a trip down south, right. go to Mexico or something. No, you know they want to too, right? <laughs> I know Ben mm-hmm. Stevens like so ready to go on vacation, man. Saw their last uh, was it their Twitter post uh, yesterday? You know, and they were kind of wishing everybody a uh, happy fourth coming up. They did today too, but that one was from Steven. And, uh, you know, his husband was there holding a bunch of like, it looked like Jenga blocks that were like flag blocks or it looked like, you know, 4th of July, like the American flag basically. And he was uh, taking a picture and, and everything. And, you know, they were getting together. It sounds like today uh, for the 4th of July, the, the Trepid team. So I think that they've got to be very happy about that. Actually get together and, you know, hang out and have an event, a community event together. And, you know, they really haven't been able to do that a whole lot. And they like, I agree. They certainly need it. They certainly deserve it too. Cause they put a lot of work in on this game lately. Mm-hmm. Um, like they always do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. There was definitely, um, I'm going to hit on the really big discussion point from that last live stream. Steven talked about the AI controller talking about how the AI controller was a big, issue that they were having, how it was in, the NPC behavior was impacted, that how over time it essentially degrades like server performance. Now, this is like the breakdown in the most general terms I can give people. This is a big part of what they've been struggling with in testing. Now, it seems like based on our most recent testing that the sounds of they're very optimistic. This is they've resolved the issues now. That's a big that's a big plus when it comes to the no NDA happening, right? I mean, if there was anything that was probably gonna halter that, it sounds like that issue specifically probably was a big one. And uh well, I mean it, it was it was the main reason why the servers would crash you know, most of the time. Because know. like Im- imagine this basically killing a mob and it still exists. On that server, all its assets, all its is just invisible for the, the ghosts. Player. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yep. And now, one is okay, but racking up that number to a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. Yeah, essentially, 000, uh, we we DDoS the server every single time we kill the mod. That's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a very uh, fair point. I mean, yeah, I, I I think I'm hoping they will lift the NDA. Um, I know a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people are saying, no, don't do it. People mm -hmm. will see bugs. But um, I did a little clip for one of Jalan's videos just Mm -hmm. the other week. And I was like, they're going to, they could lift the NDA. They could be completely bug free right now. Three months down the line, they put in a combat patch that, that just melts the servers. There's, I, I will take people fighting, like seeing bugs and, seeing margaret and toast and everybody else they're just kind of having fun with it on twitter then the open development suddenly no longer being open yeah that, i think that'd be a way bigger red flag yeah um yeah yeah certainly been my i think that's been my thing is since we've had a couple delays already at this point if you could showcase it look even if there's not a lot of content there to work with like the the world wants mm-hmm. to see it and granted it's important to make a, a good first impression but from my perspective, I think that they're at a place where they can. I do. Yeah. You don't have to have a lot of features there. It doesn't have to have a lot of content even. But if what you showcase is solid and it looks good, not not visually just good, but works and it functions, mm-hmm. I think that's what's important. Because if you can show that it does, 
you can show people potentially running around in sieges, for example, with a lot of people in place. I mean, there's this this addresses a lot of things people want to see. You've already showcased it in live stream footage. You've taken clips, you've shown it to people. And look, I was there. I was in the thing, right? And it functioned well. I mean, mm -hmm. all of the people in virtue in my community were like, even even people in just our Discord, our, our you know, the Samorg Discord, we were like, it felt good. It, it felt mm -hmm. solid. It was like 50-ish, be 50-ish, but it still felt good. And then we had tests after that that also had more more people than that. And it still felt really good. So, I mean, that's that's a stepping stone in the right direction. And if you could show that off to people, and people could show that off in general, that's, man. And and the worst that happens is either a you get people laughing at the at the glitch like I laugh at like that's half the mm -hmm. fun of playing an Elder Scrolls game is seeing the glitches yeah, absolutely or b people do leave and then down the line it takes one more peon video to get everybody back because <laughs> right. who, who cares if people leave right now they, the games the game should be able to reach development regardless it's already funded Steven isn't answering to anybody so it, there should be no like race to to launch so it it makes no difference. And they're going to get bruised either way. I, I just feel like lifting it yeah. is, is, is a lesser beating. <laughs> I mean, uh, with this topic, I'm very neutral about it because I'll, I'll put my example in simple uh, words, essentially. It's basically a river that splits into two, then it comes back at the same location. What I mean by that is basically it doesn't matter if they delay, uh, delay the NDA or release it right now because it's two different strategies to take really. It's the same outcome at the very end. They both have their drawbacks. They both have their positives. Um, what's it called? If you talk about transparency, they've been transparent with us this entire time. It's not like, um, what's it called? They're just gonna close all the curtains, not show us anything, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Like they got the live streams up, they have the daily updates, they have the dev discussions, all those interactions actually help. And since we have the NDA to talk about this lifted, technically, then we're not leaving them in the dark. Yeah. That's at least how I see it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with you, Faisal. I mean, I think it's important, right? This is the right time to release the NDA. Uh, I mean, again, even if they have like some bugs that they need to work out. I mean, it is an alpha, right? You have maybe a broader audience that isn't used to those traditional alphas, but it's still good to get more people exposed to the project. And you're going to have um, constructively, um, you know, some criticism from really like leaders within, you know, the community, right? Leaders within the streaming community, leaders within the YouTube community right and our our community here is definitely going to give like constructive feedback I have no doubt yeah. um and, and exactly as you said um israel is like mm -hmm. all you need is like a peon video all you need is you know um an asmund gold video just talking about this and getting people's head right i mean that's really the important thing right is that you, we do as we do on this podcast every week we stay the course yeah. we you know, give the developers credit where they've done well and we give them feedback when we feel like there's a room for improvement. So yeah. I don't think it's going to be a bad choice. I'm I'm hoping like their big, like game breaking type of stuff is out of the way 
but you know as as you've you know very you know said very well Israel and you know, they could introduce a patch and you know something could get messed up what happens you fix one thing you break three other things in development so yeah it is uh it is definitely um exciting um but it's also daunting and i'm sure the team is uh is up to the challenge though yeah i yeah. think i think also also with the content point too i mean you're always gonna you're gonna have people that are gonna always have complaints about it that are gonna say it's it sucks it's not making it that it's a scam it's gonna continue happening right it's just gonna happen because yep. people want to frame the narrative they're gonna do it but you know overall it's just this it's it's just different doses. Um, like if 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 they release now, it's just going to be a bit because some of them will say, "Oh, it's an alpha." Yeah, but of if they choose, if if they choose to delay it, it's going to be uh, their their expectations will be higher. So it's going to be the same amount of damage. The only thing that you're playing with is time. Yeah, I mean, essentially, uh, sure. for me, if if they delayed, the silver lining would be that. Uh, everybody will be still be making twenty minute videos on on a single screenshot. <laughs> exactly. And my my yeah my content I, I'm, yeah. I'm focusing primarily on community content, so mm-hmm. that's just a lot less competition for me. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my silver lining there. Mm. Yeah, I think it's gonna be good for creators though to have like to mm-hmm. go gather footage, you know, for you know screenshots footage. Yeah. I mean, all these sites like even the HQ and plenty of others. There's there's a lot of them out there. You know, creators are going to have their own, you know, their own journey to showcase. And it's not going to be the same footage you see everywhere. You're going to get that different yeah. perspective of gameplay, um, different people's experiences. I'd love to finally not not use the wiki screenshots. Oh, God, <laughs> like, right. I rely on that website so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, oh, yeah, they're, they're in a good place, I think. And, uh, mm-hmm. I'm I th- I'm excited for for the world to actually see it, and I think that the world's ready to see it too. Um, also, I think that people underestimate that even if the castle sieges are what a lot of people are watching, I mean, you get a lot of replayability on those types of things in the same way you do with people and why they like to watch shooter games, for example, or or mm-hmm. mobas. Like it's the same map, it's the same objectives every single time. Why do people continue watching those over and over? Because there's a chance that it goes completely different from one scenario to another based on the people, like the choices, all, all that stuff. Um, so I think that gameplay loop is going to keep there to be like a lot of content. But yeah, I don't know what else they're going to flip on. But I think there's going to be more people. I think they're easily going to have like high traffic for like you got what the ninth, tenth, and eleventh, right? The upcoming Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then you get two days off. Then you got. July 14th through the 13th of August. And during that period, I mean, I don't expect the servers to be up all the time. I expect them to take them down. I expect them to patch them. You know, maybe there's a day where most of the day it's not on. They've got to work on something. That would be normal. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't expect it to be up 24-7. So, I mean, I think there's going to still be breaks and, you know, everything along the way to kind of spread it out a bit. And you're going to have a good snapshot too. I think of the people that want to watch ashes consistently, even if it's the same thing versus the ones that, you know, are there to kind of check out what's new, which you see with every other game too. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the very end of the day, whatever ashes decides to do or the, or the people like working there, 
hey, they got uh, you got my support essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I see, I see no no different plays here. I'm cool with both. So this was something that was actually kind of brought up and I wanted to ask you all this, like, and maybe Mazriel, maybe you, I don't know if you watched the last one or not with Margaret, but um, what were some of your all's thoughts about the content creator program information that Margaret, you know, shared with us last week? It was actually a community question, but anything that really stood out? Anything that you were glad to hear? Anything uh... you felt like was new? Uh, I mean, for me, I don't think it was anything new information. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing surprised me that wasn't like already in the the original content creator announcement a exactly. few weeks back. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm still hesitant, and I'm I'm curious to see how how they flesh out the training academy. However, they right. want to do that. Same. Um. Uh, don't get me wrong. I I I love the excitement in Trapid Rings with a lot. But uh, they're 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 just about every project they do they 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 kind of I I feel like there's there's always that little risk that they're a little too excited <laughs> like that that might have been a thing that they wait and and see what content creators were already putting out before saying hey maybe we have a training or something like that because if if you're judging off like the last year's creators I, I keep trying to remind people a lot of people started making content because COVID they're just sitting at home bored mm. and nothing else to do. Like True. most of the streaming stuff I had to buy like in the last two months because it was just sold out for most of last year. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say it's anything shocked me. It's just waiting and, and, and seeing how it all actually fleshes out and, and plays out. Yeah, I'm curious how that that is something. Oh, there's the first pop in the background. You all might start hearing this on the on the podcast if you're listening to it later and if you do then you just know that it was an authentic fourth round here um <laughs> i i am curious though it's a good point you know like how how that program Sim, itself will be structured Sim, wait wait Sim. what are you hiding in your basement i don't have a basement. is this your dark side you're talking about no hmm? are you finally not. coming out to the truth hmm? <laughs> We're wanting, we're wanting C just to be far more immersive. So when Trep is going to start like just firing explosives, Phoenix, <laughs> <Nice. laughs> Phoenix like fireworks that start popping up behind me, and you're like, that looks like that doesn't fit in a room. That doesn't seem realistic. That's like, yeah. it's magic. <laughs> you know, they'll be uh, sending out of 4D chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, man, that is going to be a tricky program to actually work on, though. You know to do it right and to, to do it in a way that's because I don't know, man, I could, I could definitely see some people now that, now that we're talking about it, that go into it. It, it sounds great in theory, mm-hmm. but if um people go through it and they don't make it, I mean, you know, you got a lot of disappointment and a lot of like, you know, ruffled feathers maybe from, by some people. Yeah. Like well, why, why did I go through this whole course if I'm still not gonna be able to be a content creator at the end of it? Mm-hmm. And then are um, they going to feel like a... it's fair, you know, like the fairness element people could probably like, yeah. not that it, I mean, they could choose whoever they want to. It's their, sh- their choice anyway, but you know, mm-hmm. how do you kind of gauge that and ensure that it, you know, that it overall reflects a sense of fairness and that you can kind of measure it. I think in some way mm-hmm. I look for being measurable. If you can measure it, and you can, you know, use numbers to somehow say, well, it's, you know, you're not in, and these are the reasons why, and these are the markers. And 
I think that also kind of works to kind of cover them from any of that, you know, reflection or the flack that yeah. they potentially get back from it. And, and that's the big thing from from their point of view. You, you want to try to cover as much as they can legally to not make it look like favoritism. But even at even with that, like when it comes to content creation, I would say it's like 60 percent luck, 40 percent personality and 10 percent, like really a lot of hard work. But because I, 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 I know people that, that throw that off all the time. I know people who literally just they sit down, they hit record, they go at it. And then they they turn it off and that's it. That's all they do. Um, other people they edit the living crap out of their videos and they yeah. just spend weeks on it. And that's what they do. And it some some grow, some don't. Uh mm -hmm. so it's it's such a toss-up. So um I'm I'm just waiting. Ooh, that's a good that's a good point though. Ashes is super niche anyway. How niche do you think ashes it'll actually be, honestly? How how in, in, likely do you think it can be mainstream and not be a niche game with a really small audience like some some MMOs are? Uh, I mean, so go ahead. I, I, I would say as far as sandboxes go, I think Ashes has what it. If their systems go off, and more specifically, if the nodes and the story elements go off, if they're actually able to pull through with that, Ashes has the ability to probably be the dominant sandbox MMO in a way that we haven't seen since like the heyday of Eve and probably mm -hmm. a little bigger because it can actually capture some PVE players. Um, Steven's very, is very right. I, I feel that uh, the, the problem with sandbox MMOs is most of them aren't really a sandbox. It's, you're, you're, it's not like you're going out to the beach and having some fun. It's you're, you're in the middle of a desert. There's nothing for you to do. Uh, if you're not there specifically to PVP and for most people I, I think time has proven over and over again that uh most world pvpers are just kind of there to gank so once all the all the pve players kind of burn out of the game from trying then there's only the top level and then not a whole lot of people always stay around so it, it ashes has a lot of systems to help ensure more casual player base actually sticks around it's a lot of the role-playing stuff that i and I know we'll, we'll get to a little later in the show. Absolutely. Well. You know, we're not too off from talking about that either. Cause well, I mean, we could probably mm -hmm. even hit on that now. I mean, I feel like most of the big things that we've talked about in regard to the, the actual live stream, we've definitely got like some questions and stuff that we can take a look at here. Um, mm -hmm. for example, some of the Q and a stuff. So, you know, talked about, uh, right here it will each monster have its own set of resistances or will there be global resistances like certain monster catching game not every monster will have unique resistances is the answer many will share resistances with a specific group or types so shared resistance groups or mo for monsters is a shared location or in a shared location so they did talk about some things about which am i gonna i'm gonna make mention that one because there were some questions i was just like that's just not not something <laughs> i'd want to even be asking Seems a little too obvious. Um, there were questions related to balancing of siege sides. Um, mm -hmm. This one was, uh, this one, even uh, I think Steven said it was interesting. And the question was, what will you do if anything to ensure balance between sides of a siege? It's a fair point because one of the pr dynamic issues currently is what? When you go in and you do castle sieges, it's not always even on both sides. Mm -hmm. The uh, the answer was, do we as developers want to ensure that? Not necessarily. Obviously, we'll want to ensure attacker buffs, defender mechanics, stages leading up to the siege are all balanced, assuming equal footing on both sides. However, if one team is more coordinated or um, you know or more geared 
or higher in number compared to the other team. Those things will not interfere with it, but aspects such as castle gate, hit point values will be balanced appropriately. The players aspect of things will leave up to the players to coordinate. Servers will keep track of a guild's performance and their win-loss ratio. All records for major server events will be kept. What do you think of that answer? Uh, I, I like that they're not trying to, like, minute balance. I, I've, I'm perfectly fine. If the game isn't actually balanced, I think that's fine. That's the point of, the, the like, the larger parties. My individual contribution should be notable, but it shouldn't have to be, like, the mm -hmm. make or break point. Yeah, uh, it's it, 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 and it looks like that's that's what they're going with. I mean, what one of my favorite things about like sieges is there won't be any death penalties during a siege, probably maybe, because yeah. they don't want it to be way. It, it's not about making it like obscenely difficult. Um, if you are a PvP a PVE player, or you're just not really good at PvP, or um, just too low level, you've got defenses, you have siege weapons. They they've and they've always. Like for, for all of these events, there's a way for you to contribute to at least feel like you're yeah. useful. And if that means being overrun, though, because they just happen to have like a hundred high level geared to the teeth people that all grinded up for it. That's that, that, that's that's the way it happens. You, you also have walls and siege weapons to so do your best against it. Um, yeah, I, I think it adds a, a really nice dynamic element to the game. I don't think it needs to be super. I honestly don't think Ashes of Creation needs to be super tightly balanced in a way that World of Warcraft kind of requires it, right. or like a League of Legends style game. But the same but kind of game. That's my take on it. Mm -hmm. yeah. How about you guys? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. It doesn't need to be balanced in the most minute detail. And you're also, I mean, I do like the fact that there's some strategy involved, right? There isn't always like an I win button. I win class. I win strategy. I mean, I, I hope that there's enough variety in there that you can get to an objective in a few different ways. Um, not, obviously not infinite ones, but because that would be, you know, really painful to code and you'd have diminishing returns but at least have some options that you know have depending on your party depending on what you're up against have like mm -hmm. some equivalent um you know success rates um again and i think one thing that i would say is really important to mention here you could have the best gear you could have like the best air quote strategy if you don't have the right amount of coordination, no PVP battle is going to go your way. Um, and, and I think that's an important point to like reiterate here as well. And I, I think yeah, you called it out in chat too, but there was a really good comment about fair but not equal. Yeah, I like that. That comment, I think it really distills, um, you know, what is the focus here and what should be the focus. Um, and I think it falls right in line with the vision because at the end of the day, one, this game isn't supposed to be balanced. Well, let me not use the word supposed. The, the game has not been advertised as a 1v1 1 1 balance game. It's a group balancing game. There's going to be point and counterpoint. It's a rock, paper, scissors scenario. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, have the right skill level, you have the right coordination level you're going to be successful. And 
there are times then somebody's going to do a little bit better than you and edge you out. But at the end of the day, I think it's that dynamic we talked about earlier in the podcast. You could have the same scenario, the same map, the same circumstances, and it's going to be just a little different because somebody either goes off the beaten path or they, you know, they provide that level of randomness that players mm-hmm. tend to do in PVP scenarios. Yeah. Darius, you took the words out of my mouth. And like <laughs> I I I completely agree with the fair but not equal because like that's the only way Sim is going to introduce allegedly 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 thank you very much look there's been that's what you like to say don't you can't give her an eye anything i have no idea what that means um uh allegedly (laughs) (laughs) how about that narrative's gonna go so far isn't it it's gonna go on for a Mm -hmm. long time i feel like i don't feel like it's going anywhere whether i reinforce it or not um this question now there actually are a good number of questions that relate more to combat and i'm actually going to keep some of those for next time because the per- we're having a buddy grim from he's an elder scrolls he runs the three skeevers was on a podcast a while back with him want to bring him on so we're going to try to bring him on and and chat because he had some concerns and thoughts around ashes pvp and all that stuff and this is going to be a really good discussion for him uh, but i'm going to grab one more question that was also in the live stream um and it was just one it was like super solid to see this it says right here, if you had to choose one thing to be as good as possible for Alpha 1, what would it be? And I was like, perfect answer. Probably server performance. Alpha 1 is incredibly technical, hence one of the primary focuses is vetting the fundamental architecture of how the networking component of the world and the game itself is going to exist so that we can build upon it in the future. Even combat, you should expect its final, uh, you know, should expect its final format launch. So subject to change, focuses on stability making sure things work well, a nice, well-oiled, stable machine, which is really great to continue seeing month after month when we reiterate upon things. What are we trying to focus on? It's not like we're not talking about the quest. We're not talking about crafting. I mean, we're not talking about those things. Are they important? Absolutely. But we keep going back to the fundamental, super big, important one that I always worry about the most, and that's server performance, fluidity in combat, like things working, you know, not evolving to where they plan on being, but working and functioning as intended and being solid. So that's when I think about the testing coming up, that's where I'm like, that's my only focus for what's going on in that server or servers. They continue to function as intended that this, the architecture they have in place is solid. It's working well. The numbers aren't, we're not seeing these ghost AI issues and stuff continuing to plague the servers. Um, I think if we can continue to see the uh, server performance and like combat fluidity, even if it's basic, whatever, man, whatever it's basic, it's basic. It's not ironed out yet. Fine by me, but it works consistently week after week. Ah, man, that's, that is that that is it man i i will be very happy as a gamer like mm-hmm. screw content creation throw it out the window as a gamer who wants to play this game if i can see that consistently i'm happy man i don't care how basic it appears to other people yeah i i, I agree for me it goes uh server stability nodes combat 
and I, I know a lot of people are like combat's the most important like it's mm. you you don't have to have like it doesn't have to be amazing mind-blowing brands making new combat no. system for the game to do well um yeah. gw2 has a great combat system i love it but it crawls to a halt when there's more than two people on the screen uh <laughs> yeah. Swarder has a horrible combat system because it's just you know it's the worst of tab and you kind of feel like it should be uh a, a bit more hybrid or mm. or action but it it crawls to a halt when you have more than like 10 people on the screen and it so it doesn't matter if, if you can't play the game you can have the most amazing combat in the world if you can't play it it's it's not going to matter and then i i say no just because well that's 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 what interests me the most i mean it's super foundational so, for the game isn't it i mean yeah that massive if nodes like if, if every time because i uh, take like there's like even some like Minecraft, Minecraft runs on its servers, and if if every single time a, a tree spawns, that your whole server comes to a halt, that's kind of a problem. And no, it's if every time a yeah. node levels up, the whole server just kind of like goes to a crashing halt. Oh man, well, that's a problem. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I I would say server nodes then combat because nodes is so in, like it's tied into so much of everything mm, in a yes. way that even combat doesn't matter combat's no. fluid nodes nodes won't be no yeah um, totally yeah. even even combat can come even after a later stage because like yes you, you can have the core mechanics of actually registering the hits that you want yes those are core fundamentals from the combat system but there's also an issue of balancing later on that alone is going to be a hurdle <laughs> uh that's most probably beyond the works 24/7 and, and and as we've seen with World of Warcraft like it was pretty much the same combat all the way up through Cataclysm it was yeah. that traditional tab slower combat mm -hmm. and then in MOP it it got overhauled in a big way it actually became i, I would argue retail wow is far closer to a hybrid esque at least in how Steven describes it with being able to place things and having to aim a little bit um it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to mean like aiming every single attack but um that that's where retail sits now and started off in mops so, like you can do huge iterations to combat um even yeah. after launch well after launch no problems well it, it, at least it can be done definitely <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think i'm gonna say anything different for my top spot it's definitely gonna that foundational that stability one thing kind of to build on what you said about nodes, um, Israel was was also like the, and I don't know what way to put it, but like the decision tree that they have as nodes level up and just making sure that they do have like a good way with that foundational work to deliver content, um, you know, and consistently deliver content to, uh, mm -hmm. to the community. I think that to me is going to be huge. And then obviously not, not so much for alpha but maybe more as we get further along in the testing uh, augmentation is like a huge one for me mm -hmm. and like how the classes will actually work because as you know definitely stability like if you could have the greatest game in the world but if only two people can be online at a given time without the server just you know taking a nosedive definitely not gonna you know be a mass market thing but some of these other core systems um need to really work and need to really work well agree on the wow comment i mean they went in and it was pretty basic and then they ended up really continuing to refine it 
So I'm not as concerned about that. But I think like class progression in general and how progression works is is a huge part of why people play MMOs too, right? Is that theory crafting component. Um, and and we mentioned it earlier on the podcast. I do not want like, you know, the control panel for the space shuttle as my skill tree. I just, <laughs> um, that will that not work for me as a player because it's, it's important, I think, for the team to have some variety, but not so much so that it creates almost like such a steep learning curve that you're not going to have that new player acquisition um, because players are much more than any other game are super important for this game to work well, right? You need a good, decent amount of population. Otherwise, it's going to be, you know, relatively static and this game lives or dies with a dynamic or some sort of catalyst. So yeah, I would say those would be kind of my views as far as like what's critical is, you know, definitely the back end having like, you know, that nodes piece and even more detail content delivery through the node system and um, progression, whether that be, you know, class progression, any type of horizontal or vertical progression, I think will be good. And, and keeping that um, in, like a steady stream as they iterate, not putting so many options up front, but really kind of building, you know, as they add new things, obviously giving it time to stabilize, but really kind of focusing on what's core and what's super important mm -hmm. so that people can really kind of get into the game. And then you also have that ability to bring in new players too. Mm -hmm. Again, the game isn't supposed to be for everyone. So I get that. And we talked about this a little bit earlier in the podcast as well. Mm -hmm. The game shouldn't be for everyone, but it has a potential for being a really powerful, um, you know, game changer in the industry. And so I would hope that it's not niche because niche to me is maybe much more smaller in scope. And I think for this game to really work, you're going to need a larger scope in terms of player base. So I'm hoping that, you know, they deliver on what they've set out to do in their vision and they really do build out a large player base and it becomes maybe not like, you know, a main, like fully mainstream, but at least having something where there's a sustainable population that keeps things interesting. Mm -hmm. That's that's actually exactly why I'm super excited for a lot of the elements that uh, many will say aren't like a lot of people would say that this game probably isn't for like those people who want something slower, like like role players. I, I would argue the exact opposite. Nearly every aspect of this game, I think I think most people who like a more casual experience and a role play experience are actually gonna really enjoy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. There's there's more to it than meets the eye when it comes to role play. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is, you know, a great segue into talking about that discussion. I know. Uh, you know, Mizrael, you, you, you know, you're part of a RP community, if I remember correctly. And, you know, I know Daedalus has a high value on RP as well. Um, I, I think I'm one of those people that invest more in, in role play than I actually consciously recognize. I think I'm one sure. of those people. Definitely. 
that just goes screaming into lights justice reigns as I'm like in the battleground and I start talking to people and you know talking and you know all silly like and I lead them in a, and it's like Whoa. wait I thought you were the ninja looter no that's a narrative that you guys like to reinforce upon that's not <laughs> I, I one could say that's not role play but I digress and I'm not confirming anything by saying that either by the way thank you very much I mean you're just living the moment Sam. you're just trying to hide the truth as much as possible. So that's role playing in itself, aren't it? Can't, isn't can, it? can't confirm or deny anything you're saying right now. <laughs> Hold on. No more than you are the murder bunny, uh, social bunny. Hey, I didn't deny it. I took that role, didn't I? <laughs> okay, well then I maybe hold on, then maybe not as much as your your role. Then never mind. I take that back. Hmm. I, I take that back. <laughs> 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 oh man, I I think uh, I genuinely do think when it comes to, to role play, it's it's important. I would probably agree with Mazrael on this in terms of uh, its place in this style game. I don't think it won't exist. I think you have areas that are going to be really great at facilitating role play. I mean, taverns for are a great example of one. Um, I think freeholds in general, freehold yeah. plots in general. I was going to say out there because you've got. Freehold plots within a node ZOI right out there in the world, um, knowing that they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be different places, but you know, you also have to think they're going to pop up based on what the node and whatever the largest mm -hmm. node is, is going to alter the vassal nodes and all, I mean, all of that, we don't know exactly how it's going to play out yet, but just the idea mm -hmm. of having a freehold plot out there in the wilderness somewhere, and you could potentially make that an inn or a tavern or whatever you want. Hell, you, it could just be a normal freehold, individual freehold plot, and you could dress it up with building cosmetics or styles or whatever and make it be what you want and RP the hell out of it. Um, so certainly there are cutouts and they in can the actually game. Come, mm -hmm. uh, they can be pretty close to each other together. So you're going to have entire yes. little little bitty towns, like little bitty oh. villages yes. um, outside of a metro that, that are just completely player-made and known. Absolutely. So yeah. what, well, thoughts then, you know, what are what are the elements, if you were to think, to the role players out there and we were going to say you know here are some great ways to facilitate because we know steven loves role play too so yeah you know well of course like the whole game is built off of a pathfinder yep. campaign mm -hmm, um right. i i would say coming into ashes like obviously it's an mmo obviously there's a lot of people coming in that are going to be like i really want to raid i really want to pvp and like that's awesome do it that there's nothing right. wrong with that but playing Ashes, I feel, is going to also be a little very similar to playing something like Red Dead Redemption 2, where these elements exist to immerse you in the world. There's just no getting rid of them. Uh, whether it's you want to go and make a town of weeaboo lovers who are all wearing as close to anime armor as they can, <laughs> you can do that. If you want to make a town that's completely dwarven, you can attempt to do that i've i've got my opinions on the also on known how... as the uh, beard lovers yeah <laughs> I, i've got my opinions on like how the 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 racial influence works I, I don't necessarily favor it but it is what it is and i don't expect it to change um but outside of that almost everything in the game i i, I would say is is positive the role players to include the pvp because uh I might, I'm, I might be a uh, pretty, like really good at PvP or at least fairly good. I'm, I'm not horrible. Somebody else might be terrible. So if they keep dying, they can just come and give me some gold. I'll go handle it. 
like this is an excellent form of like social interaction but also role play and i, and I know they also want a, a big server story for everybody to explore yes. and enjoy like it, it's more, it's like the selling point of elder scrolls online because i'm essentially just playing you know tes6 we'll never hear about a launch date of that i know that <laughs> I'm so sorry. um <laughs> may it rest uh, in peace <laughs> like yeah gosh, but like bad. Steven knows like you you need you need these role players. I, I know every time people talk about role play, I know anytime I've posted content about role play, I get about a mountain of people saying, like, oh, I love role players. I love to kill them. Right, of course, yeah. Okay. And that's how you're gonna kill your game is when you don't don't have any systems for more casual players. Mm. And then there's nobody gonna be there's not gonna be anyone for you to gank. And you're always gonna die to that guy who's better than you. So you're gonna log off. And that's it spirals and it, it's yeah. happened with every every sandbox MMO. I, I think eve is the only one that is like not broken that and i don't quite understand how they've been able to continue like that but I've, at the same time i respect the hell out of it um but e even with something as competitive as eve uh one of my favorite books is empires of eve which kind of like chronicalizes the, the early game these these big massive intergalactic wars of thousands of players and it was uh it's just always a, like it's always a really fun i i listen to it as an audiobook it's an always a, a fun audiobook experience mm -hmm. and I, i'm really excited for that stuff in ashes happen because like when, when it comes to node wars I, I can see people getting really invested because they want to unlock that next dungeon but when it comes to things like guild wars i i, I think even if it's not like a, a full-on narrative of I need to save the princess style war. It's right. um it, it could just be Asmongold wanting to troll Summit for whatever reason. Uh there, there there's a there, there's still an element of that 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 could still be considered role play. It doesn't have to always be full on like Dungeons and Dragons right. cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. Could just be mm -hmm. me screaming life's justice reigns as I'm charging down or like yeah. doing some silly emote, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Which that by the way they had they added a bunch into the alpha, didn't they, recently? Mm -hmm. I don't know how many I can um, remember. 20-something. Okay, it was it was 20. Yeah, there's like 20-something. There's 20-something emotes. I I had it. I have a whole video going over the roleplay stuff on my channel. Go check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jeez. they... Uh, like, like Steven's whole, like... They can take our lands. They can never take our freedom moment. And in, in, during the siege live stream, like I think that's definitely uh, an element of role play. Obviously, like he he gets giddy with it though. He's just a big nerd. Yeah, we love that though. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I can't think of too many systems in the game that isn't that won't work out well for role players. Then of course you've got all of the cosmetic ones, so things like animal husbandry. I know people mm -hmm. are going to just lose their bloody minds for if it's anything like because it's like it's not a new system ultima online had a uh had a whole uh eco uh, ecology like growing ecology system that they had originally put in players were a little too violent so they never actually had a chance to grow and evolve and <laughs> we, we killed everything too fast um but it's, it's not a new idea by any means so i yeah it's it, it's really hard for me to pinpoint anything that's not favorable to a role player right out outside of like that one guy who's definitely going to name himself mm -hmm. ponzor and, right. 
and just, oh, just no. yeah. Like I, I can't think of, yeah. Like what, like what, what do you guys, as as maybe like obviously I've been swamped in this for like the last few weeks, so. I mean, I agree. I mean, I think that you know, I would expect that you know, just knowing uh, Stephen's temperament and how he's approached, like just even the live streams. You can tell that there's definitely he's the, he's a gamer and an RPer at heart, as like you said. I mean, one of the things that was most exciting about this to me was some of those quality of life aspects that they talked about very early on with the tavern mm -hmm. games and and frankly the world building that they continue to do and the amount of thought that's going into what these different races will look like and what influences them there's just so much there and feels different than other games that i've played um they might have been like established ip so i didn't necessarily get the depth there um but you know what definitely here i, I think there's there's a lot more about world building and a, creating a living breathing world which is a lot of what our peers want to do is they want to create their worlds they want to mm -hmm. interact with their friends they want to live their you know best character lives i mean this is great stuff and story is super important and having that like you know uh yeah. having that dynamic is just fabulous for our peers and i agree with um your sentiments around community and how mm -hmm like hating on any one group, it doesn't necessarily just have to be our peers, right? It could be any group dynamic where you're going in targeting people, it's a community killer. And and yes, there needs to be conflict in this game. I don't want it to be Care Bear City, right? At the same yeah. time, there's, there's a reason why the team has gone out of their way to put together a corruption system to try mm -hmm. to minimize griefing. Yeah, and it's not even um, just the corruption. It's it's the lack of death penalty the uh, for caravans and sieges. And I right. would not be surprised if that carried into raids. And the uh, like, if a dragon attacks your city, the last thing you want is being a losing spiral and to lose your city with no yeah. way of pulling out. So it's that intrepid's been. I, I think Steven's very aware of what happens when PvP just has complete and utter free reign and how toxic that can be. Yeah. Mm -hmm definitely the importance of like having a stable balance on that yeah i mean that it's still with the corruption system i mean i'm still it's still to me a great in theory i get how it works mm -hmm. and i understand the meaningfulness of having that as a as a counterweight to to griefing and things of that nature um but i do think that it, look it makes complete sense to me but the bounty hunter uh corruption slash griefing dynamic and and loss of materials i think that whole dynamic is going to have to be ironed out still. I don't think, even as designed, I don't think that, from my perspective, my opinion, I don't think that's quite going to work. I think it's going to need to be tweaked a bit differently. Um, so yeah. I want to, when that gets, yeah, we get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big issue with that, I think, is also like the, the on kill, I, I think, is what sets corruption. Is whoever gets the killing blow. And same with the bounty hunters, whoever gets the killing blow is, uh, mm -hmm. gets the loot. And I, I, I we're gonna have to wait and see how that looks like if i kill yeah. you most of the way and then like cc you into a mob or oh. if i uh yeah stuff stuff like that i i don't 
I don't know. Like, if there is a knockback, if I just knock you off of a cliff, am I going to get full corruption for that? Like, who who knows? So yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see how how they balance it out. But I I like the idea that I, I like that they're at least trying systems so that because I know a lot of people don't want to play Ashes just because of non consensual PvP. But right. I, I like I, I keep trying to remind them it's like it probably won't be as frequent as you are actually thinking it mm. will be. It's always a risk. I just don't think it's going to be like every single day you're going to get ganked five times just for trying to get to the next town. I don't think it'll be no. quite that often. I yeah, think, I don't think so either. I mean, another thing about the lore, um, I like the fact that this game has its own unique lore in a way that you are not a hero, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like I remember, uh, I remember we had Steven on the podcast uh, here, some, and he basically said um, the hero's dilemma. Essentially, when it comes to the hero's dilemma, you always have to top it off with something fresh and something new. But with this new system, it's it's essentially as as empty as a desert can be. Like there's so much potential to write down on a empty sheet of paper whatever you want mm-hmm. so well and like actually, <laughs> because of uh because of things like uh the guild castles like you can actually become royalty you can become mayor mm-hmm. of an entire metropolis so if you want to be the hero great convince everyone else that's what you are <laughs> and let the players decide right. that's what you are um i like that yeah yeah so I, I, I like that it's more up to the players. That that's what really excites me. That's what's driven my content creation and why I got into the roleplay community. Because I'm, like me personally, I, I burnt out of like roleplaying in an MMO a, a long time ago. I used to do it a lot back in World of Warcraft yeah. uh, through Wrath. But it's like mechanically when you roleplay in an MMO, you're, you're mostly using it as a stage. You're, you're not really like getting in there like it's, it's always going to be different than even something like RDR2 or, or just any single player game or any Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, who is it? Is it Chris Hayes, the other one, one of the bigger the English guy who makes MMO videos? And I can't remember his name right now. He just put one yeah, out like Josh seven Stripe days Hayes? ago talking about. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. That's exactly. It. <laughs> he just put out a video exactly on uh, role playing and MMOs and whether or not it's dead. And, uh, I, I I agree with a lot of his points. Like you're, when, when you're role playing in an MMO, you're it's it's like a lot of people have been enjoying in Final Fantasy. You go out, you fish, you can, you can do stuff, but there's always limits to it. It's, it's mostly just using the game as a stage, which is perfectly fine. A lot of people, there's over 250 people in the unofficial roleplay Discord. They're all very excited to do it, but uh, we're all I, I I personally probably won't do it as much, but I'm excited to see it all happen. I'm excited to see all those stories. As people try to like become a king, become a queen, mayor of a metropolis, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see people try to make Asmongold into the god god emperor of whatever server he's on. I'm like a lot of people are worried about mega guilds. I think mega guilds might take over a lot of nodes. I don't think that means that they'll shut them down. Right. Um, yeah. The, the the biggest thing with a mega guild, especially ones of that size, like can they take over a node? Sure, but. Uh, can they maintain the, it? That's another question. <laughs> well, but also, can they grow it? Even Steven has said outright, and it's one of the reasons, like people say don't cater to casuals. You kind of have to. Because where you have hardcore raiders going off and they're, they're doing awesome, amazing things that we're all going to be watching on 
everyone's YouTube channels. Those guys mm-hmm. who log in every mm-hmm. few hours, there's there that that like those hundreds of people who log in every few hours every weekend just to fish. They're the ones building the nodes. That that constant True. trickle of supplies will be yep. the ones actually developing your you you can't yep. force it. You five people can't force the node. So uh yep. Yeah, I, I think so long as Mega Guilds are smart enough to leave people alone, like to leave their nodes alone, I think a lot of that's going to be such high-level politics, it's not going to really affect the majority of the player base. Um, so if somebody wants Asmongold to be God Emperor, as long as you're in his node, you should be fine, If, for the most part. And they, that's one of the reasons Steven wants nodes to be the primary, like, thing. Like, it goes node, then your guild, then social structure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So when we're talking about the node development as well, another important point is don't forget there's node decay and atrophy, right? Mm -hmm. So how many people's are going to take to upkeep that node? And if that's significantly high and and your big Zerg guild, your big mega guild doesn't, I mean, that doesn't mean that that's going to be the number it takes. It could take significantly higher than that. You don't know how, what the number is going to be to upkeep a freaking metropolis. Mm-hmm. There's no telling, man. You know, so you know you've gotta you've gotta play it right, and you gotta make sure that the people, the citizens of that node, are happy. Because if the citizens aren't happy, well, question mark, man. Nothing's determined. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think there's a lot of factors that people don't like take into account when they think about. Well, there's this big community, and because they're here, that means that we. You know, our times may be bad. It's like, no, no, man, they're going to have to some in some degree. I think just based on my understanding how everything's going to work, I believe and I truly believe like you're going to you're going to need to do right by your people if you're running that, because if you're not. Yeah, you your node could just decay to pieces, man, and fairly well, friend, they may not even have to siege it down. You could die from decay alone. So, I mean, we we mm-hmm. obviously have to see how that plays out. But boy, when we get to the period where we get to really test nodes out, man, foundational. It is, I mean, you can't, I mean, yes, I agree. You can't talk about one of the pillars without talking about another one, but nodes is one you can't leave out of the discussion, I feel like, almost ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Exactly, yeah. Um, I, I am curious. I'm, I'm kind of hoping the 10,000 server cap is... Uh, I'm hoping that it may be able to to work on that. That that is the only thing like Asmund Gold can rally. True. You know, yeah. hundred, like it, he gets hundreds of thousands of viewers every stream. Like I, I think he can get, easily get 120,000 viewers watching him play Final Fantasy for the very first time. Yeah, 150. We'll see. I I think the the biggest the biggest defense against mega server mega guilds taking completely over is the multiple different servers. So it's it's unlikely we'll have a mega guild in every single server. Um, that's one of the re- but that's one of the reasons Eve never really had that problem of just one or two guilds taking over everything. It's because there was no separate servers. Everything was that big. So in mm. Intrepid, we'll have to find the balance when it comes to those. But as mm. as, as far as like all players are considered, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. And even if there are, you know. 20,000 people wanting to follow Asmongold to one server. You just got 20,000 people. Like, none of, like none of the, the actual war or anything is happening. It's just 20,000 people following one person. Right. The all, literally, the entire world revolves around one person. There, and it's so. only when they're online 
And are they going to be yeah. online enough compared to their other ambitions? You know what I mean? There's so yeah. many, so many questions. Um, I am curious though. How, what do you, you know, you talked about the 10,000 server number, right? Cap, uh, in a perfect world where, you know, you, you thought maybe that there would be a different number. What do you, what do you kind of conceptualize there? I think that very much depends on how the servers can actually handle different numbers. Like I would, I would like to see, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it really depends. Cause yeah. so if ashes is stays as niche as it is, which is, MMOs are niche, sandbox MMOs are niche, sandbox MMOs with PvP are even nicher, and it's directly being marketed to us, uh, a bunch of people in either their late 20s to all the way up to their early or like mid to late 40s who have been playing, you know, this video game for the last 20 years. Um, if that stays that niche, then I, I wouldn't mind seeing if servers are like capped at like a hundred thousand, but I, I think the cap cap is it'll be like fifty thousand registered, and they're expecting ten thousand to fifteen thousand actually playing. Maybe that'd be mm -hmm. great. Um, it just it, it very much depends. If, if the world is as big as it looks like it is compared to the A one island, then I, I think it could it could handle quite a lot of people. But with all the systems in it, which is way more than what you have in something like Eve, I, I don't know if that would mean everything kind of crawls to a halt. But yeah. that that that's my biggest worry is like yes I I always want to see more people the more they can shove into one server the better Absolutely. I feel um but you know I I don't especially with them wanting to do a more action based combat like I'm gonna I'm I'm definitely gonna have to tune in next week because uh I'm one of those people who keeps saying like I don't I don't like the current iteration and I would go so far as to say rip out much of the action specifically for server server stability when you have like a 500 person battle something closer to gw2 would mm. probably be a better combat system for that mm -hmm. yeah. so uh good wars we'll, 2 is we'll solid see. it is i mean it's pretty yeah. solid i mean there's a lot that they can take i think there's a lot of features from or just not even features just aspects of guild wars 2 combat that i think would work really well for what ashes is going for i don't know if i'd want to see this mm -hmm. exactly the same but i feel like you could take a pretty solid majority of the way that it works and you could you could absolutely utilize it like i don't really care a whole lot for like the harpoon like swimming mechanic bit a whole lot i just don't mm -hmm. care for it doesn't mean it doesn't work um but you don't have to have all of those layers of the combat system mm -hmm. they have for to to not take the foundational piece and potentially utilize exactly. that lazy peon liked yeah. it i could see how it would work as well we're all talking we keep talking about guild wars 2 related to ashes for a reason um, I think, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's because we can see the benefits of a system like that, a combat system similar to that being utilized to some degree or even major uh, the majority of that being utilized in Ashes. And yeah, there's a lot of people that want action. I personally would be fine with something like Guild Wars 2 um, or mm -hmm. or even a little more tab target. And I'd be happy with that. Um, yeah. yeah. And I know a lot it. of people say it's like, we, I want skill and positioning to matter. It's like, well, in GW2, like, if you're mm. moving uphill, you move slower. Yeah. I can see, I can easily work in ashes. So yeah. like um especially with how relevant they want like strategy to be with the lack of flying mounts. I, I think something like going uphill and moving slower would work really well in ashes. So your positioning can definitely still matter. You can like everything that people want from action combat outside of 
raw human like your mechanical skill at aiming yeah it can exist in, in a tab target or a, a mostly tab target system so yeah and i think when you think about mounts and like the sprint feature i mean you're talking about like usefulness and importance of something like that outside of just speed alone mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah but yeah so we'll, we'll we'll definitely see i because if the more I'm proven wrong, the better the game is anyway. So I'm I'm down. True, right? True. Yeah. The more um, any of us are proven wrong about our criticisms, the better the game is, right? Absolutely. Especially if it aligns with what the vision is, and they can they can deliver on it. I mean, they've certainly, yeah, they've certainly surprised me over the years. I'm not gonna lie, they have. Yeah. They've. I've had some uh, very I, pleasant I surprises. Like, I, I have like one or two nitpicks that are, and it's mostly from a role play immersion standpoint. Mm. Um. And like I said, that's how, like, uh, I, I know there's a system to help balance it out, but like, it, it's it's a fantasy RPG. The, the worlds will be overrun with elves and humans. Just, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> at, some level, at some level, the numbers don't lie. So if True. somebody really <laughs> wants a dwarven no node, and I, I know like two different dwarf guilds, um, like they're, they're super hyped for it. They have to one, go out of their way and hope that their guild can do most of that heavy lifting. And then two, they have to hope that, like, and to help balance it out, they have to hope that all the humans and elves make their own nodes. And that's just kind of like, eh. Um, I, I don't, because right now, of course, the system is whatever race contributes the most, that sets the, the visual style for the majority of the node. You have wherever houses are, they can all be their own whatever. You, you could make a small dwarven district if all of, you got, if all of your guild bought houses on top of each other, but... Right. That's not a guarantee. Um, actually, it led to a really large conversation because I had said I, I would prefer to see mayors be able to choose a style. Be like, I want to mm -hmm. hire a dwarf to make this. Uh, and the second part is, of course, with uh, in, in, in regards to races. Whenever you put on an armor piece, if I, so if I'm wearing it, I try to explain it to people. If I'm wearing Mickey Mouse ears because I'm at Disneyland and I hand it to my friend, I don't expect it to suddenly turn into rabbit ears when he puts them on. Mm. And that's currently what's happening with the armor. And they said it was for scope creep. And I don't, I personally don't understand that. That's because I'm not a developer, I guess. Mm. And I'm also very dumb. But uh, they're, they're already making like seven different sets or eight different sets of armor yeah. for every piece of armor. And I, and I understand that maybe I'm trying to limit scaling or scaling uh, clipping, but right now most of the as they are right now and of course i don't know what the end goal is what it'll look like closer to launch all of the races their mm -hmm. their silhouettes look the same start adding sliders they're probably going to look really close to the same outside of like size so i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure i i i just don't i would prefer to see like if i want a dwarven set of armor maybe i have to go hunt out somebody who actually specializes in dwarven right. smithing yeah i get that um yeah, you want mm -hmm. the tie back if into trade in a, being more useful, yeah. If I if I want to live in a dwarven city, let me go out to a city where people put somebody in charge to specifically make dwarven architecture. Um some people were were, you know, complaining against that idea. They were saying how they don't want one person to be able to come in, be elected as mayor, or pushed through by a guild or something and just change all the architecture, but that's I feel that's balanced out but like you can't rebuild an entire city in a single month you shouldn't mm -hmm. be able to do that <laughs> yeah i agree um, with that especially in metropolis and, and if, mm -hmm. 
the me theory crafting right now and i just come up, came up with this idea why don't you make the mayor system basis basically when he selects um the type of building or like having a huge panel that tells him what type of architecture he can choose and la yeah, like that... him coming in um <laughs> like let's say uh he's taking after another mayor um, and the city is already dwarven, he's able to change that architecture, but it comes with a cost. I mean, maybe, uh, I, I feel it would still be better as a building by building decision. So if, if somebody exactly. wanted it's still to, building yeah. by building. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. And if, if somebody wants to come in and they want to change that architecture, they can bring it down and rebuild it. It would just take mm. the materials that cost to do that. Um, and I don't expect somebody to be able to change an entire city, even at the village stage. I don't expect them to be able to do that in a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas right now, the current system is completely random. Yeah, you know what? I'm From my experience with the way the nodes develop currently, it does seem that what happens is that it's already predetermined based on architecture style, right? Like if it's determine this is like Kalar, then it's all Kalar, right? I don't know. I wonder if they're, I mean, because oh, so I don't. If it starts as Kalar. Yeah. Right. Uh, if, if it starts as Kalar, like in the village, because that's who, but then if, if you do have a bunch of um, yeah. orcs come up, orcs. Like a bunch of Renkai, it, it'll flip. Right. All of it will flip at one time. All so at like once, there's, yes. there's way less control. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of, which I, I think I understand like for now why they probably are going about that because it's less for them to have to work on and deliver. Mm -hmm. Although I am hoping that maybe there's, I guess what I'm hoping is I don't see that actually changing by the time we get to launch. I just, I don't see it happening. However, that's a really good idea for uh, evolution of the game as a, as a whole to be able to start maybe incorporating features like this in um down the road just like you know i mean people are like oh i'd really like it if the animations for you know all of the the different races like they cast the spell differently well i don't expect to see that at launch either however down the road i think that would be really cool to see stuff like that you know change and to be integrated mm -hmm. in um so actually this is like one of those things i tally up in that category of wish list items um yeah and actually I, I agree 100 i'm a huge proponent like i I truly hope when it comes to expansions, mm. Intrepid goes more the Minecraft No Man's Sky route, oh. where they just iterate on the existing systems, makes them deeper, gives yeah. us more to do within them, yeah. rather than, you know, 100%. theme park, the new lands, Agreed. and everything else. Like, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. You want to add some new dungeons, some some better, like, procedural dungeons? Sure. Let's do it. Absolutely. I don't think we need to go to, yeah. We, we don't need to go to space hell. Yeah. Well, I mean, it <laughs> ties in with, it ties in with like, I mean, this goes back to nodes, doesn't it? Like if right. the architecture, if I, I'm hoping is that they, that the architecture and the way that it's all designed, cause I'm not a developer. I have no idea. Right. I'm just hopeful mm -hmm. when I look to the future for the game's longevity. I mean, what's the number one constant in this game change, much like in our world, it can change. It can based on what by like pl player the players man the player base if the player bases you know if it decides mm -hmm. i mean not only can each server's you know history uh uh like unfold differently and have this almost alternate reality but if you can if you can just capitalize on that change element 
to the game mm -hmm. and nodes and you can go into that level of like this dungeon that we've unlocked on this server at this node down the road we can change the way that 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 actual dungeon layout were to unlock if they are somehow planning for that that's big brain man because that is yeah that, that's most Ooh. of what excites me the most like this if if nodes specifically like the whole node system if they're able to kill it yeah. this game is evergreen absolutely like, honestly like they could come out with combat exactly like elder scrolls online i would still play the crap out of this game oh like, absolutely yeah yeah and like and i know eso has like some hinky stuff especially when you start getting into uh uh the higher level combat but like i don't care who cares man <laughs> I, I would play this if I had classic world of warcrafts uh combat i would play it because the, mm. i think the notes are the big selling point for absolutely and especially from like a role playing perspective, like I, there is a, uh, there's already a Discord server, uh, and it's mm -hmm. it's about like twenty to fifty ish guilds. They 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 grow and and shrink over time, uh, where it's it's a bunch of role play guilds, specifically wanting to take over a node and a few of the surrounding like the vassals, and and turn that into an entire like little haven for role players. We're like, hey, this is where we're mostly going to be. And then, like, if people try to come and troll us, we can handle that because we're all going to be together. And they all want to build, like, different storylines mm -hmm. based off of that. And it's uh, it's all really exciting to see what people are trying to do with, with within this system, the Node system. Absolutely. I'm linking the Roleplay Community uh -huh. Discord in chat for those of you that would like to join it as well. There it is. Mm -hmm. That, my friends... Oh man, because I feel like we're we're getting into this domain. We've teeter tottered and we've walked the line on combat for a big part of the show today. I'm glad we didn't dig in too far. I was like, oh, hesitation. I'm just gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna step over there. I want to so bad, but I'm not because I'm gonna save it for next time. You know, next week's show, friends. That's gonna be happening in the middle of a no NDA, and I'm confident it's gonna happen because the team seems very confident. I mean, it doesn't look like there's hesitation. I mean, you don't you don't get ready to hang out and have a, a big old intrepid party in my opinion. You don't you don't get together and go, "Let's go hang out. We're getting ready for Alpha 1." It's like, "All right, if Steven's like tweeting that out like it's he doesn't he doesn't do that these days." Oh, less than a mm -hmm. week before the no NDA. Usually they're they're quiet and we're going, "Well, is it happening or not?" It looks pretty promising, friends. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like the opening of the floodgates and we'll be in the middle of doing a podcast on what's going to probably be a very busy weekend for the Ashes of Creation and MMORPG community that's interested in it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So got a lot to look forward to. Fingers crossed, friends. Oh, yes. Fingers crossed that we have nothing but good times within the community for the Ashes of Creation, the Ashes fan, man. I'm up. Nothing but good vibes and uh, all our best hopes. Let's go out there and, and do our due diligence. If you test, if you're going to be playing, um, hopefully we see a very big bolstering. I'm actually hoping that a lot of eyes on Ashes are very pleased. I don't expect everybody will be, but I genuinely believe that more people are going to be excited just to be able to see the game through the eyes of their friends and community members and other people going on adventures because man there's a whole lot of benefit and a whole lot of just good that comes from that you know when you're talking about a community oriented game like an mmrpg 
So mm -hmm. friends, we are going to be seeing you then. But before we sign off today, we're going to let our fellow Pathfinders here shout out their domains where you can find them when they're not here. We'll start with Daedalus. All right, you can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash the Ashen Herald. And we'll go with Faisal. <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Vago108. And Mazriel, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, you guys can find me on uh on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Mazriel, Twitter, GG, And I don't have a custom URL for my for my YouTube it's yet, okay. but the links to that are are yes. around <laughs> mod's got it um yeah and i i focus the twitch right now i'm playing eso for the full story which has been a lot of fun and then uh for the youtube it's mostly going to be community content so not not as much theory crafting i know we did a lot of that today <laughs> yeah, we did i tend to do that with other people's shows but yeah uh, it's fun times yeah yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. It was a pleasure having you on, man. Definitely had a really great time having you here and good conversation. I hope everybody goes and checks out Mazeril. All the links right there. Friends, we're within a week. I got a lot of work to do on the HQ in the meantime because I'm working my ass off along with some of y'all in the community who have been helping to get the HQ foundational pages done in time. And we are really close right now. So we're going to have a hell of a time here in the next week my friend so everybody might be the end of our show today but uh keep in mind whether you listen you're here live you you catch it on youtube whatever you're in the discord you're here on the round table or you're not remember if you're here you're a pathfinder and we appreciate you much love to all of you much love to intrepid studios and until next week my friends you live your best lives stay safe and walk in the light we'll see you next week friends have a good one take care everyone See y'all.